Rookie quarterbacks mean value. They mean optimism. Who gets where? A comparison of a guy who's gotten a start out of the blue, guys that have been in on the field this season, and one that is about to take his first action today on Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my guy, my co-host, Ryan Tracy from Rogue Analytics. He is Ryan Tracy NFL on Twitter. I am at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This is Locked On Network, man. Your first listen every day. Your team every day. Uh, Ryan, let's talk about a guy who's about to get his first start in NFL, Desmond Ritter. And... Uh, I don't know if it's because, as a matter of fact, actually they have told us that this was not just because of the injury to Marcus Mariota. He was going to be benched, and it was performance-based. And that was the decision to go with the third-round quarterback, Desmond Ritter, who you've kind of been banging the table for for a while now. You're really intrigued by this guy. So first, let's just talk about uh, what are you expecting to see from him in his first start. And then we'll get into the other dynamics of him playing for the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, absolutely. We, we got to set expectations for what a rookie is. This will be his first action. There's only, I think it's three quarterbacks. Yep. It is three quarterbacks. They've taken more than 70 dropbacks in the league so far as rookies. It's just zappy Pickett, and Purdy. That's it. So he's not that far behind in terms of snap counts. Although, Pickett is well outside over 340 dropbacks for Pickett so far. But this is this is like week one. So it's a starting point. I'm excited to see where he's coming. And like some guys that we've seen in the past that have had an opportunity to sit back and learn, this much time as the backup has probably changed what we would have seen had Desmond Ritter started week one. Probably much better for the good. So what does that mean? What does that look like? Is he more accurate? Does he do some of the things that we are concerned about him having to do to learn in the league? Can he do that now? I'm pretty excited about it, and I think it's overdue. The decision-making has is, is certainly been stubborn, I think, and slow to come around. But I'm excited about what he brings, and I think this not only elevates him, but I think this helps Drake London as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they are chemistry-wise on the field. Yeah, I think the big thing with him is probably just the accuracy, right? One thing about Desmond Ritter, he played a lot in college, had a lot of college uh, collegiate experience, and we know from a leadership standpoint, that was something that they highlighted in training camp. Like, hey, he's very mature. And I always said he looks mature, too. He looks like Tony Gonzalez in, like, 15-year <laughs> version of Tony uh, Gonzalez in the face. But as far as carrying himself, he was he's right there with the best of them as far as being young, coming in, demanding that command. The biggest thing with him is accuracy, right? Can he be more consistent with his accuracy? At Cincinnati, we saw him make all of the throws. He can make plays with his legs. He has the athleticism. This is a guy who unofficially ran in the 4-4s. I think when they got his official time, it was closer to 4-5 or whatever it was. But long strider guy has that escapability. So from an athletic standpoint, you're not getting that drop-off going from Marcus Mariota to Desmond Ritter. But for him, it's just the accuracy. How consistent can he be from that? And if you aren't the most accurate quarterback, he is on the perfect team 
because you have some big dogs, right? Especially look at Drake London and what he's been doing. He's coming on as of late. He has that reach. He has that size. That's something that Atlanta has kind of built their receiving core around. So I saw this early on with Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. He was good with Steve Smith, by the way. But outside of Steve Smith, what did they do for Cam Newton? They said, you know what? Not the most pinpoint accurate guy. You're not going to mistake Cam Newton for Drew Brees. So what are we going to do? We're going to get you a 6'5 receiver and a 6'6 receiver to where all you have to do is just throw the ball in the area of those guys. (laughs) And he rode that all the way to a league MVP and Super Bowl appearance. All right. So... Not saying Desmond Ritter is going to be that guy, but just in the sense of making up for his uh, lack of accuracy, if if it's still a thing, or at least until he gets more comfortable with it. I think having those type of receivers can be big-time bailout for him to where he can still efficiently run an offense. Yeah, I, I can't agree more. And like, It's all going to be jump on the fire. But I got to see this with Patrick Mahomes, who didn't start a game until the last game of the season, his rookie year. And that really paid off in, in not only that ballgame, but what happened the next season. So, yes, it's late, but it's good for Desmond Ritter. It's going to be good for the Falcons. And I think that this is going to give you an idea of what they have to prioritize in the draft as well. Now, right, they're going to figure that out because when you spend a third-round pick on somebody, that's not a whole lot of capital that's going to sway you from not taking the guy higher. Hell, mm-hmm. a few years ago we saw the – uh, Washington Commanders, you know, they they ended up drafting Dwayne Haskins and they moved off of him pretty quick. And he was the 15th overall pick, RIP uh, Haskins. But uh, that just shows you if, if you're not like a top five pick, you're probably going to get less opportunity uh, than other guys or a team can be quick to move off of you. Uh, one last thing uh, before we move on, but the Atlanta Falcons, mathematically, they are not eliminated <laughs> from the playoffs. They need a lot of things to go their way, but – do you think this is a scenario where they're looking for a spark to potentially make a run? Because if they, let's say, don't don't lose for the rest of the season, which I don't think we are uh, anticipating when you have a young rookie quarterback, but finish the season nine and eight. That, I mean, that that potentially can get you in the offs. So it, are, are we putting that on him or are we like, nah, they just want to see what they have and what are they going to do at the top of the draft next year? We're going to leave it as a pleasant surprise if that happened. We're going to be pretty shocked yeah. and we'll be happy, right? But – you have to think that there's there's something in the offing that Marcus Mariota left the Falcons. Yeah, they were on the bye and he just had a child, but there's a lot going into it. But he, he left the team partially because of this decision. That means that there's at least some expectation of winning outside of, and maybe it's enough spark if you can change the quarterback play. I'm not saying he can instantly be better than Mariota. I expect him to have to progress through the season. But if you change it, maybe you can get a first win. If that happens, then we have to have a bigger conversation. All right, we're going to continue to talk about the quarterback position uh, just a little bit, and we got some stuff, uh, a nice little draft ahead for y'all. So uh, we're going to get to that, but first we want to talk to you a little bit about Tommy John. And listen, guys, you are that much more comfortable with Tommy John, so you can do whatever you need, everything better. All right, shop Tommy John's, wrap it up, sale right now, and and give the comfort to everyone on your list. All right, the holidays are here. This will be a great present for everyone, including yourself. And with the new Tommy John underwear, long John wear, pajamas, they have all of that. With over 18 million pairs sold, giving Tommy John it has become you know, a holiday tradition for a lot of people. 97% of women and men love getting a gift from Tommy John. And I think uh, this year they're looking to bump that 97% up. That's why Tommy John doesn't just have customers. They have 
fanatics. All right. Celebrate softness season with the gift of giving with the new Tommy John underwear, lingerie, and pajamas. Every gift is backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free. Guaranteed. So what we need y'all to do, hurry to Tommy John's wrap it up sale and get 30% off of everything. Plus free shipping at TommyJohn.com slash locked on order right now, right now. So your gifts arrive before the holidays. So you got to get those orders in right now. It's already late in December. All right. 30% off plus free shipping at TommyJohn.com slash locked on. That's TommyJohn.com slash locked on. See site for more details. All right, guys, we want to thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, check out the Locked On Sports Today. From the games that matter, the most of the biggest stories in sports. All right, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond the scenes of your local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, Ryan, we got a little fun little draft going on. And we are going to draft positions, all right? What's the most important positions, all right? So we're going to go back and forth, and we'll start with you. What position is your number one? And now, listen, we are excluding the quarterback. Yeah, we're going to yeah. take the quarterback Absolutely. out of this, all right? Because we know typically that's the most important play- person uh, that, that's going off top. But without the quarterback position, where are you starting off? For me – if a quarterback is going to be the focus of an offense, you can do two things. You can either try to hunt him or you can try to protect yours. That Those are the only two choices in my brain. And I think you get a little bit back and forth depending on the draft class. But for me, I would rather go after the other team's quarterback than spend especially a high draft pick. And, and when we're talking about what's the priority, we're talking about what do you draft first? This is first-round selections year after year. I'm going to probably lean towards what I think is generally a smaller plural of players and that's going to be the pass rushers generally edges yes but every now and then you're going to have an interior defensive lineman that's going to be just that good that can penetrate and get after the quarterback i got to go hunt that quarterback first yeah and i don't think anyone would disappoint disagree with you there right you look at some of the premier guys who's making the play uh, the mvp it goes to quarterbacks all the time but if it doesn't go to a quarterback who are people talking about they're talking about an edge rusher michael parsons he's a guy whose name has come up this year nick bosa you know and i know people kind of push them over to the defensive player of the year award but mm-hmm. mvp league mvp i think uh if there is another position that will win it in recent years it will likely be an edge rusher you know i'm you're drafting the edge rusher and if I'm drafting my first pick, if an edge rusher is going, the best edge rusher, and our teams are playing against each other, well, I'm going to need someone to protect my quarterback and stop that edge rusher. So I think the next position that I would draft is left, left tackle. Now, what I want to ask you is, if you are in a war room, you're in a draft room, How are is that how you're going to build your team, right? Is it all right, we want to go out, we want to get a pass rusher because he impacts the game. And if that pass rusher isn't there, then we'll go ahead and get a left tackle to protect our quarterback. I mean, honestly, this is about positional value, right? What can affect your team? In the end, it's going to be about prospect to prospect and their individual evaluations. I don't think I've I've ever had an actual tie on my boards. I'm sure teams may have, but there's always something to break that tie. So it's going to come down to X player versus Y player. But in general, Yes, I think the bigger impact can come from the defensive end, but that tackle, and and it's funny that you say left tackle, 
because there's been this movement of late that right tackle is just as important as left, except I don't think that's actually true. I know it's it's evened up some, but I don't think it's a 50-50 split right tackle versus left because there's so many right-handed quarterbacks. And not being able to feel pressure is something that will kill a quarterback's career in this league. We've seen that come up a couple of times recently. So if you don't have the awareness to, to really understand, have peripheral vision, you have to have someone to protect your backside specifically. So I do think it does still lean a little bit to the left tackle side, even though it's not as much as it used to. Yeah, I said left tackle, but I mean, left tackle, right tackle, there's been studies, we've seen it. Guys like Von Miller and those guys are rushing off the right side of the offensive line. So right tackle has become increasingly more important. Uh, I think the left tackle is still prioritized for the most part because you're protecting the quarterback's blind side. So I think it has more to do with that than the actual what side the guy is actually on. But uh, as it pertains to the draft, and we're talking about, you know, this and kind of what positions we are. I think that, like you said, man, that positional value, it's huge. And I think that's why if it's me, if I'm, I don't, it doesn't even matter if I need a guard or tackle or, or excuse me, a tackle or uh, an edge rusher. I'm probably still taking one of those guys at the top of the draft. So uh, let's get to our second round of this draft. We'll uh, stick with me on this one. And you went edge. I went tackle. Now, if I have to get another position that I feel like I want to impact this game, I am going receiver. I've just Ooh. come around on this. This is not something that I would have done in the past, taking a pass catcher in the top 10. But when you see how these pass catchers are really impacting games now, drawing coverages, making teams do certain things. We watched Jamar Chase and – Everyone, including me, was saying, oh, they got to take Panay Sewell. Oh, they got to take Panay Sewell. Who mm -hmm. did they end up taking? Oh, Jamar Chase. And I think we all felt that was coming. But it still was, wow, how do you prioritize a receiver over a tackle, who we just talked about, right? Mm -hmm. But when you see, hey, no matter what, they had a bad offensive line. It didn't matter. They still were able to win vertically. He had one of the best rookie seasons that we've ever seen. So, okay, it starts to make a little sense. So, since the... Since the edge and the tackle are already gone, give me another guy who can be impactful and really change the course of my quarterback's career. So I'm going to go with the receiver position. That makes sense. And you give a great example there, too. And like we see this season, too, the protection for Joe Burrow is starting to come around. And they still have a top five, at the very least, weapon on the outside that he can always go to. Now, part of that particular scheme is because they have three guys they can always go to, but you do have to have that number one top dog that's going to get all the performance you can out of him to help move your offense along. Uh, the next pick for me is going to be interesting. We're going to hit that on the backside of this, and I'm a little surprised, I got to tell you. This holiday season, find what you love at Total Wine and more. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find your favorite Chardonnay or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide. And all of this with the confidence of knowing that you have found something special for the lowest price. Love what you find only at Total Wine and more. Curbside pickup and delivery are available in most areas. Visit thetotalwine.com to learn more. Drink responsibly. Please, please, please. Be 21. All right, let's uh, continue this draft here. So I went with the receiver position. Where are you going on this one? I got to tell you, I'm, uh, I'm counting my stars here because if you were going to tell me five, ten minutes ago that you – we're going to let this go, and I get to select the cornerback group. 
I was going to be pretty shocked because I still feel, and you make a good argument about the the weapon on the outside, but it's the defender on the outside that I think is so much pressure on in these days. The, the more 11 personnel they play, the more wide open offense they play, the less teams run. It becomes more and more about can you get some kind of coverage. It doesn't have to be, because I, I do think the, the, the classic shutdown trail a guy everywhere corner is is about to become extinct because of pattern match and a number of things that are changing in the league but you got to have guys that can body up that can turn and run that can do all the things in order to protect against that high-end passing attack so if you flipped them i think you're probably justified uh, i probably if i were t- picking forth i would have gone corner first but in this way I, I think what you have to have and i am lumping outside boundary corners nickels everybody together because you got to have you got to have a team, and honestly, we're going to get to the point now. People talk about basketball teams on the wide receiver spot. We're going to get to the point where we need basketball teams represented in the corner groups as well. I think that's coming, and it's only going to become more important. The the cornerback position, obviously, I played that position, so I'm very familiar with it. But man, it's so tough, and I feel like they're in a lose lose situation right now. I watch football games, and I can't help but say. Everyone hates cornerbacks. The refs hate cornerbacks. The fans hate cornerbacks. The people that made up these rules, they hate cornerbacks. They hate defensive backs in general. So I ain't go with the cornerback position, but I will tell you where I am going with my next pick. And it is the linebacker position. Give me that Mike linebacker. Again, I get to watch a certain guy wear number 54 for the San Francisco 49ers every single week. And one thing is very clear. The more that Mike linebacker can do from being your quarterback of the defense, calling the plays, making sure everybody's lined up, can he play in coverage? How does he play in space? Is he a playmaker? Is he a tone setter? How is he even fitting run gaps? You know, is he a guy that is running into the wrong gaps and playing undisciplined? How does that hurt your run defense? So the more I watch a guy like Fred Warner, how he plays at a high level, how he gets everyone else to kind of play and match his intensity – it makes me feel like this position is a little more important than I think we want. It, it, for a lot of years, it had felt more like the running back position of the defense. But I think right now, the more you find these linebackers that can just do it all, they're almost like the quarterbacks of the defense. Well, as somebody who lined up at that spot for a lot of years, I appreciate that sentiment. Thank you. <laughs> I'm actually going to go and, and disagree with you, though, because the next one I would have taken is the safety spot for tying into the corner discussion because nowadays – especially given the tough spot the corners get put in. you got to have competent. And I don't mean just decent. I mean good coverage over the top. That's where I think in the next three years we're going to see the evolution of guys that take the ball away from the offense are going to be at the back of the defense playing high. Can they disguise it? Can they move around? Do they have the sideline and sideline speed? These are all things that are prerequisites to be a good safety play in this pass-happy league. But I think that's where it's got to go in order for some of these defenses to have any chance slowing down these high-end offenses. We're running out of positions to draft, but are we going to draft a running back at all? (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) Uh, The running back position, you know, you got running backs, you got tight ends left. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you pick between the two positions. I, I think right now, in terms of an XY kind of component that you can do, we're seeing the evolution of the big guys that aren't wide tight ends more and more and more and more. They're becoming big slots and guys that can line up outside at X. I think that's going to be more important as offenses continue to get multiple, as we see more of the spread concepts come into the league. Offensive line play is down. It's going to continue to be down from everything that we see. 
I think that the, the tight end is the guy that can get you that, that five yards. You can move the sticks, nothing against the running backs, but I think because of the reliance on everything to be set up for how they can make yardage, I think they're guys that you're going to continually circulate and plug in, and the tight ends have a little bit more priority. There's no way you can watch a guy like Travis Kelsey week in and week out and just not be excited and enamored by what you see. I mean, essentially, he is a receiver, especially the way they flex him out. I, the one thing I have noticed with tight ends – is if people feel like they hang their hat on something very specific, they kind of downplay the other aspects of their game. So mm-hmm. I see it all the time with George Kittle. Because he's this physical run-blocking tight end, and he is a good run-after-catch guy, they say, oh, he can't run routes, which is completely false. And I think they do the same thing with Travis Kelsey, who is a guy who, yeah, are you going to leave him to you know be an inline blocker every play? No, because what his biggest value is as a pass catcher. You can't cover him. You got to double him. You have to cover him with defensive backs, cornerbacks. They can't even cover him. But – the, the people use that against him and say that yep. he's a guy who can't block or doesn't want to block. And I just don't think that's the truth. I think when they ask him to do it, I think he does it fairly well. And I don't think it's just this huge drop off. Like, you know, no offense to my guy, Julius Thomas, Julius, he's my buddy. We went to high school together. All right. Huh. Now, Julius could not run block. Like he now he was terrible at it. He's getting pushed back. He's getting bullied. He's getting put on the ground. And that's not the case that's happening consistently with guys like Travis Kelsey. So uh if you can find a guy like Kelsey that can really do it all, man, that is so amazing. He might even be higher on this list than some of the other positions that we took. Cause I'd say right now, if I was to ask you who's more valuable, Travis Kelsey or any other defensive player on your team, not named Chris Jones, you'd probably say, Yeah. Travis Kelsey. All right, but I, I, I guess I have the last pick in this draft, and we'll go with the running back position because between them and kickers, right? And we're not saying that they're the same. We see running backs go first round. And I guess we have seen a kicker go first round in the past uh, with, with Janikowski, but probably won't see that again. You had the Aguero kid out of Florida State go second round. Probably won't see that again for a kicker. But running backs – we're doing this draft on positional value, and clearly they get the short end of the stick when it comes to this, but are we kind of overlooking the running back position a little bit, or are you saying, no, their value probably right? Like that's They might have the least value because of a couple things. One, they probably age faster than any, anyone. They, they, they age fast like, like milk or cheese, right? Like something that right. just molds extremely fast. Like That's the running back position. Uh, two, if they are really good, then you have to pay them a bunch of money. Then it feels like as soon as they get paid, they fall off that cliff of because of injuries and whatnot. And I just brought up the last part, the injuries. I mean, it's so hard to keep them healthy. I feel like running backs have 100% injury rate. It's like it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. when. But what are some of your thoughts on why maybe the running back position is a little devalued, especially with a lot of guys who now – they do it all. They play the running back position. They they pass catch. They have to block. They're really a lot of different things combined in one, but they don't get that type of respect. No, they don't. And for a lot of reasons that you mentioned, the, the injury bug in particular, uh, the age factor, this is the position that probably ages the quickest in this league, just like you were saying. But it's also plenty of blame to go on the linebackers and safeties because they're getting more athletic. And as offenses are becoming less and less prone to working through the CBA, on run blocking. They're giving it less time. There's less holes. This We can't go back to the era of Barry Sanders where you don't have blocking and you're still yet able to grind out an incredible career. That doesn't seem to happen very often, probably because of the injury factors and everything else as well. But so it's, it's about having a run game, not having a running back. 
because you have to set it up with offensive line play, especially on the interior these days, because everybody can get up. And if you have athletes, you can run inside outside zone and you can try to get there. But if you want to make short yardage, if you want to make the things that really hurt defenses, it's about tacking downhill. Like you see very few running backs in this league still do effectively. And that's why you have to switch out those backs. All right, man, this was a great conversation. We definitely want to hear your thoughts on this and, what will you draft? What is your draft order as far as positions go? Try to do this exercise with one other person so you can't just pick everything that you want in order. But if you do, uh, we'd like to hear if you agree with us or disagree. Um, that was a fun conversation to have. We definitely want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And for your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. You might want to listen to the take of the day on the San Francisco 49ers against the Seattle Seahawks, which you should be out right now and it's available on odyssey app youtube or wherever you listen to your podcast but that's gonna do it for this episode of locked on nfl draft from eric crocker ryan tracy we will see y'all monday peace